Hey, Hannah. Hi, Paul. How's it going? <laughs> I'm doing all right. Good to see yeah. you. Good to see you too. Good to see you too. This is so cool. I mean, should we should we introduce ourselves first since this is our first episode? Maybe. Sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. My name is Paul, and I'm here with uh, Hannah. I, I'm going to try to pronounce your last name because if I butcher it, it's a good precursor to this episode of me butchering French names and Italian names. I think that's great. Go for it. Give it a shot. What's my last name, Paul? Hannah Concanon. You did it. Perfect. Perfect. And that's Paul Kim, a very easy name to pronounce. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, feel free to call me out or correct me at any point if I'm just butchering sure. names left and right. And, uh, y- you know, I have a penchant for mispronouncing things on purpose to mock Jared Leto. But um, <laughs> <laughs> I think it's given that it's appropriate. I feel like given our Jared Leto experience <laughs> with House of Gucci, it is appropriate to like butcher at least the House of Gucci <laughs> cast all of their names. Yeah. Maybe the Saint Laurent cast doesn't deserve that, but House of Gucci, they earned it. <laughs> yeah, so let's start there. We're covering uh, Ridley Scott's House of Gucci film today, directed that came out earlier in 2021. I've been a Gucci all my life. Your name is in the history books. Oh, you are Gucci, you need to dress the part. It's chic. And Saint Laurent? Saint Laurent? Laurent? Saint Laurent. Uh, yeah. Directed by mm-hmm. uh, Bertrand Bonello in 2014. Mm-hmm. Yep. Bonjour, Yves Saint Laurent. And to not be confused with the other film that also came out in 2014. Which was called Yves Saint Laurent. <laughs> started yeah. watching the wrong film at first and uh, just, just a few minutes and, uh, and I realized. You did. Just because I had seen oh, photos no. of um, the main actor and I was like, this is not the same person um yeah so i'm not sure if you've seen the other like berg approved film i haven't seen the other one so i don't know yeah pierre berg apparently endorsed the other one that was made and not the one that we're covering today um that makes a lot of sense and we will probably get into that later (laughs) yeah um well i guess a place for me to start i'm curious how you came across uh saint laurent and how that kind of um connects with your own personal professional career and because i i'd never heard of that film and i'm pretty fashion illiterate to begin with so i actually hadn't even (laughs) heard of the brand (laughs) um yeah (laughs) uh, yeah how did you come across saint laurent where did you when did you first watch it and um oh man okay so let's see i think more generally i went to fashion school in london in the summer of 2008 uh for a semester and so that was my first sort of foray into the real fashion world and through that i learned all sorts of things like for example what 
Yves Saint Laurent, the brand is and why it's important. And also that Givenchy is pronounced Givenchy <laughs> and all of that. And so I've been a fashion follower for, for a long time. And I used to be on airplanes a lot before the pandemic. And so when you're long hauling, there's a lot of movies to watch. And Air France had um, this movie. And I was like, oh, that seems really interesting. I knew nothing about it. So I just clicked on it and watched it and was like, whoa, this movie is something else. And that's that's how I came to it. And then, you know, from there, went to like a bunch of Yves Saint Laurent, like museum shows and like did a bunch of research. It was the beginning of maybe a little bit of a YSL obsession for me. So that's how I got into it. Yeah. There was a plot point where they're trying to rebrand from YSL to Saint Laurent. And that was one of the plot points that I didn't quite pick up on. His business partner, Pierre, was trying to negotiate, I guess, their own ability to Mm-hmm. retain their own IP or brand with YSL to just St. Laurent. Did, can you explain what I missed there? Yeah. Okay. So yeah, a little background information. So it's incredibly common for these giant design houses like Yves Saint Laurent, Dior, you name it. They have their sort of couture wing, which we saw a lot of in this film, like the custom made high fashion clothing. They have their ready to wear, which is standardized sizes, not customized, still really expensive and well-made, but it's not customized to the client. And then they have um, cosmetics, accessories, leather goods. And most of the money comes from the cosmetics, accessories, leather goods, because they're at a price point that most people can afford. And so that scene was pretty important because they were selling the perfume Uh. under the name YSL and that's sort of like a a lower brand so they were trying to make sure they weren't diluting the um the like couture of Yves Saint Laurent so like that's just little basic stuff but there's there's tears to the fashion industry and Gucci does it as well like you know oh okay Right, and we saw that scene in the House of Gucci where Lady Gaga's character, right. uh, Patrizia, is exactly. finding exactly. like knockoff uh, designer bags right on the street, and is actually allowing that to happen in order to right. maximize profits. But right. then that's devaluing the yes. brand. Yeah. Okay. Right, and that's that's also the major conflict between like Lady Gaga and Adam Driver and. Jared Leto, Jared Leto, yeah. Paolo Gucci. Paolo, yeah. That's why that thing was so important to them that they like shut down his runway show because they were like, we cannot have brand dilution. Right. So it's it's this weird fashion thing where it's like it's all under one house, but in order to keep the brand strong, you have to make sure that those categories are successful but separate because the consumer gotcha. base is different. Huh. <laughs> Oh, thanks for that uh, crash course education. Of course. (laughs) Fashion info. (laughs) Yeah. So, okay. I want to know how you came to House of Gucci because I just, yeah, for someone like you who, like for me, I love fashion. I love Lady Gaga. I love a horrible movie, Um, (laughs) which I'm not (laughs) saying it's horrible, but I'm saying I love Uh movies that aren't intending to be bad and they're 
bad in certain ways and then they ended up being like so bad they're good so how did you come to choose house of gucci i just started hearing a lot of hype about it from the same kind of pop culture kind of zeitgeist critique folks um they they just saw this ridley scott movie uh being directed with a monster cast of folks and so returning to the movies in 2021 that was just kind of on my radar to be like I'm definitely going to watch that in a theater, not at my house. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I went in with no expectations. Um, and I think that made it so much more fun. If I'm going in there thinking this is some, because Os- it's like five, six different Oscar nominated uh, actors and actresses and, uh, and really Scott. And so I'm think if you're going into it thinking this is art and not camp, I think you walk away with a completely different, yeah. um, level of satisfaction and i had such a blast because uh and you and i watched it together um as well and just kind of being a fly on the wall and seeing your reaction to what is happening on screen was also super fun right because there's some bizarre choices being made yeah absolutely and i think that's that was one of my favorite things about house of gucci is just they went there <laughs> like there were so many opportunities where they could have been where they could have made a different movie and they didn't and i think that is that is like the the essence of its brilliance as a film like they whether they intended to or not they went full camp and i appre- i appreciate that like we salute you ridley scott <laughs> like that choices were made and and i had a great time <laughs> Since you just brought up camp again, I'm wondering, so besides Saint Laurent, I haven't seen another French movie except Amelie. And in our notes, you were kind of breaking down definitions of camp. And so I'd like your opinion of, I I had a hard time with Saint Laurent. And I don't know if the, maybe the subtitles that I downloaded were maybe bad, but I think there was some intentionality right around some mm-hmm. kind of just hallucinogenic scenes of, and, and transition cuts that were a bit disorienting. And yeah. I, I'd like your perspective if that is maybe a French, like a perspective of camp yes. or yeah. if I should have been, maybe I don't have quite, maybe it's over my head a bit, right. Of what artistic choices are being made there. Cause I haven't seen any other film by the director, Bonello either and um yeah yeah this is the only film i've seen by Bonello, i believe but i would say having seen i've seen a few french films and saint laurent is very much in that it's very much in like the french cinema language in the sense that there's a lot of really both movies were super long yeah but both movies were like two and a half hours, like two two hours and forty minutes. Yeah, right, right. So, like the in particular in Saint Laurent, what I noticed is there's a lot of long scenes where people are like looking at each other, and that is a you know, for example, in that party scene where they're in that underground club, and the first time he meets Jacques, who like right. ends up being his sort of undoing. It's just back and forth across the crowd and it's just them looking at each other. And that's that's totally a French film thing. Lots of like meaningful looking. <laughs> and so like and and also I would say that kind of like the non 
non-sequential narrative while you're kind of dropped in right you know you're dropped in in a sort of the end or Mm -hmm. or close to the end of the story and then you come back and you see everything else like that's that's also i mean okay i'm gonna i'm gonna make a statement here that might not be true but i've seen a few french new wave films and this felt very much in in the language of like french new wave in that it was very like aesthetically driven lots of long scenes lots of like scenes of people not really doing much right you know mm-hmm. and and there's something i think when you're in a mode in a place to watch that there's something really beautiful about it but if you're not it is the worst it is the it can worst. drag yeah. yeah it can drag so some of the scenes were just torture right for me I, speaking <laughs> of torture i think um as we kind of you know jump around here amongst um, mm-hmm. around our kind of uh, points that you want to get across the torturous scene i was i was struggling with the arbitration scene right so speaking of the um, when Pierre is is um, negotiating the rights right. to the uh, Saint Laurent name, and he's negotiating with the English speaker, and they have a translator, and so that I'm, was a really hard scene. So I'm li- I'm listening to French, English, and a translator, and reading, and yes, I was like, this makes sense. It's crucial to the plot, but then it went on for like ten to twelve minutes, yes. and I yes. I could not believe how long that was. And then I, and then other scenes that I really wanted to watch more of, they cut away. The restraint yeah. was interesting because, you know, right before they're about to have some kind of like orgy or sexual like escapade, they yeah. just transition off. And I'm just like, why are you showing me a arbitration scene about uh, IP and... Um, yeah. And royalties, and you don't show me like the good stuff. Like the show good me stuff. I know folks it's who are much, doing yeah. substances. Show, show me Yves in rehab. Right. He talks about rehab, but you don't get to see these scenes. And he always cut away them. right before some kind of like that, that's cinema, right? I'm like, show me. It is. Yeah. It is. It's very much Saint Laurent to me strikes me like you were saying. Very much of it's a film of denial. Hmm. You're you're enforced to sit in these uncomfortable places much longer than you normally would choose to. And any of those scenes that have that kind of like cinematic sort of, you know, attraction, I guess, like I'm about to see something sorted or like wild or crazy. All of that is just denied you in, in the sen- in the service of sort of unflinchingly portraying this man as deeply flawed as he seemingly was right yeah so ah yeah it was i i can't wait to just like compare these two films because they're similar in a lot of ways in terms of like subject matter you know biopics fashion important people moving the fashion world at very specific times and yet tonally you could not get further from each other in terms of like the, the emotional result. Right. So yeah. (laughs) Absolutely. I I totally agree with you there. So who do you think was actually more sympathetic in the end? Like, you know, we have these different tonalities of how these movies were shot and, you know, I, I can empathize with what 
Yves was going through, and I never got the sense like here is this evil, malicious person. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I they portrayed them in a really kind of again like this restrained way of um, of their creative process of of doing substances, of falling in love, mm-hmm. and and sure I could notice all these vices in this person, but. You know, I, I didn't ever think to myself, what a yeah. monster, whereas Hawasaguchi is portraying a lot of these characters as really vain, um, you know, self-indulgent and kind of monstrous. And whereas St. Laurent, I just kind of thought they're doing it to themselves, but they're, I don't see them being combative or just like mm-hmm. mean towards the people he works with, except for, I guess, one of the hallucinogenic scenes that I couldn't tell if it was me- metaphorical or if it was a dream, but there's a couple. Yeah. There's a scene where, you know, Yves wakes up or he, he has that statue, marble statue. Was he trying to kill Pierre? Or I, I don't understand what was happening there. Cause they cut to that again in future scenes out of, out of order. Yeah. Yes. Pierre was sleeping and, Eves was having, you know, a some sort of mental health field episode or drug field episode of of paranoia. It seemed like they were trying they were trying to communicate, and so he he tried to kill Pierre in his sleep. Okay, um, and I believe that actually happened, and that was what led him to be sort of institutionalized, which we saw towards the end of the film. Right. Okay. And since we're talking about just random scenes that were really kind of emotionally visceral, but confusing to me at least, what were what was up with the snakes? I, I don't understand that motif. Was, was that actually? Was that a? Is that a way f- to show the character was like? Is that a fetish, or was he maybe attempting suicide, or, I or what? Think, I think that was. And I'm not totally sure either. I think that was one of those choices where I was like, whoa, what is going on here? Um, but I think that might have been a way to show his, uh, Eves's like unstable mental state and sort of the paranoia that he was experiencing and the almost like PTSD. The, and and what you know, obviously he was very mentally unstable, and I think through the drug use, that that only amplified it. And so I think the the snake scene, which was another profoundly uncomfortable, you know, just like ooh, ugh, you know, that I think that was they were effectively communicated that like Yves Saint Laurent was having a rough time. I think to bring it back to camp where we started this. I think a lot of those choices feed into whether intentionally or not, it feeds into camp because, you know, like you were saying, instead of facing up to the very real and true problems, most of which are self-created, it's this continued dedication to like opulence, fantasy, antique tchotchkes for which you've built out an entire showcase room in your apartment for, it's it's everything is about the fantasy mm-hmm. and and i think that's how this this movie engages in camp it's like serious camp 
because of it's absurd. It's ridiculous. It's gauche. It's, it's gross in a lot of ways to, and it's hard, but yet everything has this sort of patina of high fashion glitz glamour. We're going to the clubs, we're smoking the cigarettes, we're partying all night. And, and it's, it's fabulous. Like it's fabulous. Right. Whereas Gucci house of Gucci has a lot of those same elements, but I feel like engages with camp less narratively and more through like the acting style and the choices that were made at similar budgets. I assume they had the real Gucci clothes, you know, it engages with that fabulous, opulent luxury. Everything's falling apart, but we are fashion. Um, (laughs) But (laughs) the acting choices, (laughs) that's what makes it camp. I don't know if it was intentional, but I feel like Lady Gaga just takes up so much space in that, in that movie that she kind of, you can't look away from her. So when she's sharing a scene with Jared Leto, um, who are you, who is winning that? Because I feel like both of them are really trying to steal stage time from each other, right? (laughs) I know. Oh my God. Okay. Yes. Let's talk about this because I feel like those are some of the best scenes because there seemed like two very like, almost unhinged method actors going toe to toe in a boxing match and just seeing, seeing who came out on top. It's Lady Gaga's only second performance. Right. And so for her, I think you had brought up that she went method for like months and months. Right. Yes. Um, Trying to get into the role of Patricia and, you know, Jared Leto can do this in his sleep. Right. And so I think when she shows up to the scene to be her full camp, and then she looks across the the set and is like, "Oh, okay, so this this guy is doing another notch. Uh, how do I match his energy here?" Right? Um, it's pretty great to see those opposing forces just keep <laughs> raising the stakes at, at each yeah. other <laughs> in these scenes. <laughs> I feel like, yeah, it's man that scene in particular where she's going to visit. Paolo Gucci in his studio home and they're talk. she's kind of getting him to tell on Aldo and then also being like we'll give you a collection yada yada that was <laughs> that was one of my favorite scenes of the whole film for exactly all of those reasons that you just outlined because here comes Lady Gaga not as experienced actor who is on one TM. And like you said, Geraldito is always on one. And it's funny to compare and contrast like the sort of less experienced actor versus, <laughs> versus the extremely experienced actor who's known for it. And I don't know, what was your, like, who do you think if we, if you had to choose someone in their scenes together, who do you think sold it more? What was what was your whose performance did you appreciate more? I guess it'd have to be Jared Leto, right? Um, but I don't know if he. I agree. <laughs> was even trying to portray a normal 
like human, right? I think Lady Gaga was actually trying to portray what they believed the real Patrizia may have embodied or who they were. I don't think Jared Leto, I don't know anything about Paolo Gucci. I don't know if I can just like YouTube see like uh, historical documents of how this person behaved, but I can't imagine that uh, Jared Leto's idea of method was really getting in the shoes of this person. I think he just decided to <laughs> pick his favorite, you know, video game of Mario and Luigi and decided this is, uh, this is my life now. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, yes. I, I totally got that sense too, that he, he just decided what the character was and went for it. Um, which is, it's again, it's, it's funny to compare those portrayals of these sort of big, big per- personality people to the portrayals of everyone in Saint Laurent, because on the one hand, and maybe this is also a good commentary on sort of like the differences between Italian fashion and French fashion. And, you know, it felt like in House of Gucci, they did a great job of portraying just how big everyone, how much space everyone took up, how much personality. And I don't want to say like, hmm, there's just like everyone in that movie, every person was just so, they were so much. It was over the top. Whereas in... Saint Laurent, despite the action being very like over the top, crazy and wild, I felt like the portrayal of of the characters seemed very like staid or like there is a more sort of containedness to them. If that makes sense, does that make sense? Totally. I, I, yeah, I think that perfectly hits the nail on the head. Um, I was, you know, one of the notes that you brought up was just like, which one felt more real or, you know, like what was striking about some of their differences in tone. And for me, I just kind of walked away from St. Laurent thinking, I think I just watched a film about maybe the the price for genius and, Mm -hmm. you know, the price of kind of maybe just self-destructive vices compared with unlimited resources and access and what that is eccentric kind of creativity can lead to. I, I brought up how it reminded me actually more of um, the Elton John biopic yeah, definitely. Uh, a few years ago, rocket man. And just kind of like how, you know, we didn't really get into uh, Eve's St. Laurent's like childhood or trauma history, but in rocket man, there's this kind of arc of, okay, this is how I started. This is like my, prime years of celebratory stature, you know, kind of broken heart around romances, um, then going to rehab. And then it ends with like this climax of creative success. Right. And then it just ends and you're like, well, this person lived for like 30 more right. years. Um, and then House Gucci, it, it really seems like it's, like you said, this portrayal of kind of just excess greed and, kind of ends as well when all of that kind of just falls on top of itself mm-hmm. with, um, you know, Maurizio Gucci being killed. <laughs> right. Um, 
Yeah. <laughs> Which I think shocked me because I didn't actually know that that was, I didn't know that he was killed in real life. I didn't know that. So that, that was a huge bombshell for me when I watched the movie. I was like, is she going to kill? She's not going to kill him. They're not going to, this is stupid. Like something's going to happen. And I was like, oh no, she killed him. Wild. And then managed to stay out of prison for another two years. Right. You know, like that's, that's crazy. That's crazy to me. And so something I wanted to bring up and ask you too, would you have enjoyed watching a movie about Tom Ford? Right. So he's introduced at the very end of Hasaguchi. And again, I don't know a lot about fashion, but, or anything about fashion. Um, But to kind of have um, the Dominic, Dominico del, del Sol character be, Tom Ford's kind of like you know, discovering him, kind of helping, um, mm-hmm. kind of advocate for their fashion ideas being a part of Gucci, and then that taking off, right? Uh, starting in the early '90s, and now Tom Ford mm-hmm. is kind of feels like they are Saint Laurent as well, right here in America, um, and has lived out that kind of same arc of just. Um, creative genius right and yeah i don't know do you do you kind of walk away from hasaguchi thinking oh the movie about tom ford would be actually really interesting right yes i do because i think i think i knew a bit about tom ford the designer beforehand obviously i'm like familiar with his collections and and everything and he's he's one of those American homegrown heavy hitters. Like he really changed the game over here for us. And I think a Tom Ford movie would be the perfect end. If this were a trilogy of St. Laurent house of Gucci, Tom Ford, I think it would be the perfect bookend because we're dealing with, you know, in St. Laurent, it's like 1967 to 73 in house of Gucci. We're dealing with sort of like the eighties, and early nineties. And then the Tom Ford movie, if we could go from what I forget what collection was it 96 on or 95, whenever he came on to Gucci, I feel like that would be a fan. I would love, I would love to see that. Cause now I'm like, especially his portrayal in house of Gucci. I was like, I want to know more about this man. Yeah. No kidding. Like I want to know, cause he's done, he's done so much. And like you said, he's, he's done, he's directed other movies. Like, have you seen eternal animals and a single man? No, I haven't seen either of them. So, yes, I those are definitely on my list now, and I would I would love to see a Tom Ford movie. So, if anyone's listening to this who can make a Tom Ford movie, LOL, make one. <laughs> so, yeah, we uh so for best costume designing, um we we gave that to Lady Gaga. I think you and I both agreeing for acting maybe um uh, ironically and seriously as well to jared leto yeah Um, (laughs) yes i think editing i'm leaning towards saint laurent me too just because of how much that uh, device is used to like you said portraying this descent into madness this hallucinogenic type of Mm -hmm. feeling to so much of the movie um yeah i i agree i agree because i feel like in saint laurent I felt like I was in House of Gucci. I felt like I was watching a movie in St. Laurent. I was watching a film, you know, like I, I felt like, oh, these, these 
these editing decisions are really taking me on the roller coaster with it. It's making me feel like I'm, I'm there and experiencing, you know, what it feels like to be on drugs all the time, what it feels like to have moments of creative genius, but then just be stuck, you know, smoking in despair for months while you're, while your deadline arrives, I think. So I would totally agree mm. with you. Best editing for sure is St. Laurent. Yeah. Hands down. Yeah. Best director though. Yeah, that's a great question. I and this I guess comes down to your philosophical view of what like a conductor or a director or a coach does. I feel like and I obviously have no idea what it takes to make a film, but I feel like Ridley Scott Me too, was same. almost just <laughs> kind of got out of the way i don't think he gave a lot of direction when i watch this film from a you know outsider perspective armchair analyzing here um i feel like ridley scott was just like y'all do you i'm in the back i'm not going to give you any kind of notes i'm not going to get in the way uh, lady gaga you can be doing a russian accent uh, jared leto you can be doing a mario and luigi accent al pacino you can just sound like michael corleone from the godfather yeah, Al Pacino, just reply, reprise your role as as the Godfather. <laughs> yeah, and Jeremy Irons, I you're just kind of doing a British accent, right? That's that's fine, and and I think the Saint Laurent director was, you know, I feel like they're making intentional choices. Like you know, you've you've been um, saying this whole episode, it's just like there's so much deliberating choices around each kind of um scene of what to reveal even the timeline skips like i i as someone who doesn't know anything about um the real life of eve's um saint laurent i'm just like why are we spending five minutes in 67 and now we're in 1971 after 10 Mm -hmm. minutes of the split screen of showing like political unrest on the left side of the screen and then showing just fashion designers. And then we spend an hour in 974. And, and so that was kind of disorienting as well. And so I don't sure. know. I guess, yeah. Yes. I, I don't know. I, I actually don't know who did a better job of quote unquote directing, but I, I think who worked harder directing would probably be um, Vanello, right? I, yeah. I, I feel like they worked harder. Vanello. Bern, yeah. I, I have, that's that's I think more choices were made in Saint Laurent, like more intention was placed upon those choices. It, and yeah. you're right; it felt like there was more. There was feedback going on, and and I think also maybe maybe that's also resulting from the fact that all of these actors were were speaking in a language that was their native tongue. Yeah, we don't hear anyone in House of Gucci speak Italian. Not a single person, not a single line of dialogue. Right. (laughs) Not a single person speaks Italian, which again, like, oh God, I feel like the, maybe even for allowing the accents to happen, we got to give best director (laughs) to Bernard Bonello for St. Laurent. Because while I did find the accents absolutely delightful, it was definitely an enhancement for me in terms of that. In terms of that movie, um, wow, 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 wow! I guess it sounds like we're giving it to. I'm I'm prepared to give it to Bertrand Bonello, but but that's just a me thing. It doesn't have to be a we. If you want to give Ridley Scott this one, by all means, go for it. <laughs> I I didn't look up the budget for Saint Laurent, but. 
you know, if it's a Ridley Scott movie, we're assuming they had a hundred plus million and all those actors who were getting paid a lot to be in it. And so I, I saw one contrast between the two films of how House of Gucci, like this, the um, geographical set pieces were just extravagant, right? We have the the ski resort scenes, we have the countryside villas, we have New York, we have you know Tuscany, and all these just grand just location where I can feel like the budget is there and. I had heard a different podcast uh, a few months ago about how Gucci let them use some of their vault like clothing designs for this movie, right? Whereas in Saint Laurent, you can see I think so many of the scenes were just indoors, right? And so kind of more just small scale and color aesthetics in in interiorly focused, right? Um but the clothes uh, apparently based on my uh, half uh, hacked in Wikipedia research um, is that in the St. Laurent film that you and I are discussing, they didn't get to use any of the right. actual fashion and clothes, particularly for the last runway mm-hmm. climatic scene. Whereas in the Yves St. Laurent peer approved film, they got to use the um, real clothes. They, I guess, just get to use all those. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not sure if that's something that stuck out to you you with your eye for all this or not but that was something that was interesting to read Um, yeah i think comparing the costume design of both of these films is very interesting just because of what you mentioned like saint laurent because like you said they weren't allowed to use sort of the actual garments it definitely has a different sort of like like you said cheaper grittier like feel whereas i felt like house of gucci everything felt exactly as opulent as the gucci brand wants you to feel Mm -hmm. that very italian style flashy gold everything it's it's it was very in your face in your face wealth opulence quality luxury um and I think, yeah, if we're going to make a comparison, I definitely think House of Gucci is kind of a winner in terms of costumes because it just, the clothes, despite it being less of a clothing story than St. Laurent, I felt like the clothes really took center stage. Right. And you could tell, you could tell, especially, you know, once we get into like, I don't like the late 80s or whatever with Lady Gaga just stuffed into those little like skirt suits with the the nails and the hair and the makeup and everything i was i was there i was there in that time period whereas in saint laurent i it was very it was clear that it was like it was the set i it, it felt more sort of movie cinematic magic which which is fine i loved it it was great it was a gorgeous film but yes i do think that if we're going to choose if i'm personally going to choose a winner house of gucci got the costumes and the hair and everything oh yeah and the lady gaga's hair whatever was going on there was just like chef's kiss like <laughs> just wild <laughs> i think it's time hannah i need to hear your Jared Leto, Paolo Gucci impersonation. It's time. Oh, no. Oh, my God. 
<laughs> do you promise that you'll do yours afterwards if I uh, do of it? Course. Okay. <laughs> I'm so sorry. This is going to be so offensive. But he... <laughs> Mario, where it's like, it's a me, a Mario. But that's kind of what he did. He's like, I'm Paolo in the house of Gucci. <laughs> you're just like, what the fuck, man? Like, why? You don't have to say it like that. Why? Why? Why did you do it? Don't even look at me, you lying sack of potatoes. You deliberately hurt my feelings. You don't know. Ah, that's exactly that is the perfect impersonation. It's a me, Paolo, and House of Gucci. Exactly, and that was, oh man, it was like I feel like when we first started that movie, I was like, of course these people can't keep talking in these comical, like, uh, you know, Mario and Luigi accents. They can't do the whole film like this. This can't be this way. And then, like, two and a half hours later, it's like, oh, yeah, they they did. They did. <laughs> the more I think about it, the more questions I have, and I get the feeling that it's just, I'm just going to keep having questions about this movie and how it got made and how it got green greenlit and how... Ridley Scott got away with it and how Adam Driver hates it. And he didn't, he didn't go to the premiere, right? Cause he hate, I don't know. There's some rumors around how much Adam Driver hated being in this movie and hated this role. And you know, who seemed yeah. to really enjoy it? Lady Gaga. Cause you see photos of them on the red carpet and she's just like dry humping him on, on the red carpet or just like draped all over him. So I'm glad that she had a good time. And um, if the only like metric for grading this film was Lady Gaga having the time of her life living the Italian Gucci fantasy, absolute 100% success. And there's a part of me that would almost get Gucci best overall between these two films for that reason. Y- you know what we actually have to get now? Um, need like a Jared Leto, Lady Gaga the duet right i just it just occurred to i just remembered he's in what is it 30 seconds to mars 30 seconds to mars yes so we need we need a lady gaga song featuring 30 seconds to yeah. mars or 30 seconds to mars featuring yeah, lady that's, gaga. oh my gosh that's that will melt my brain uh yeah i could die <laughs> it's, happily it's a totally cursed matchup <laughs> i'm sorry we've spoken it into existence so we will bear the consequences yeah. on that one um, and i want to hear <laughs> Next, Hannah, your Lady Gaga Patrizia accent now, <laughs> and also saying Hasaguchi. Oh my god! I don't think I can do it. I don't think because I just oh man, how? I think for me, it wasn't so much the accent, but she did this thing where she would like point her finger, you know, at people, and in this very like specific way, with like a little her hand would be like shaking, and she would be like, "This is House of Gucci." I am a Gucci too. And you're like, okay, okay. Like, no, you're not. But like, okay. You know, like, I am the most Gucci of them all. And like, it's just like, okay, yeah, 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 Lady Kaga. That was good. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Yeah, she's, especially with, I feel like when she was at the ski resort in that big fur hat, I was like, you're, it's giving Russian it's giving it's giving like eastern europe it's giving 
<laughs> it's giving it Italy by way of St. Petersburg, you know, <laughs> like <laughs> that was one of the things, <laughs> which I mean, again, it wasn't an unenjoyable effect. I don't think. Yeah. I think you just have to look at this film through a completely different lens. Like whereas St. Laurent engages with cinema and film mm-hmm. house of Gucci is like a, is a movie mm-hmm. it's like a popcorn eating movie yeah. <laughs> and i think i think that's how it succeeds <laughs> um i have a few more uh, cross comparison questions for you for sure for sure who was the better flirter so i oh. i was watching saint laurent and thinking he's an awkward flirter and i don't know anything he's about super awkward yeah i don't know anything about obviously the real life person but you know, I'm sure the actor is embodying who that person was. And I'm just thinking to myself, yeah. like, he, there wasn't, he didn't talk a ton in this movie. There's a lot of uh, physicality, obviously. And, but I was, you know, besides the allure of what he represents in fashion world, I wouldn't have thought to myself, yeah, that guy, I want to go fuck that guy. Right. <laughs> um, right. right. Uh, he did give off at certain points in his clothing choices like an austin powers vibe did you get any of that at some points like obviously with the shaggy hair and the glasses but i was like yeah this person's giving off an austin powers kind of feel to me definitely very very 70s yeah very 70s (laughs) it's so funny that like looking at that film and looking at everything that they wore it seems it seemed to me i was like oh that's like very it fits this like 70s archetype that we're all so used to seeing that's like throughout culture. And I feel like one thing I had to keep reminding myself of in that film is that Yves Saint Laurent created, he was the origin for a lot of those seventies styles that we just keep take for granted. But I think going back to like, you know, getting to use the Yves Saint Laurent archive, um, and or, or not getting permission to do that, that that aspect of his history wasn't quite as well executed because the that sort of cheapness that was felt throughout definitely made it feel like a lot more cheesy. So, yeah, definitely. <laughs> it, I mean, it was cool. Very Austin Powers, yeah. and it was it was great. Like it was beautiful. But yeah, very awesome powers. But yeah, in terms of like flirt flirtations, I would say if we're going to pick one person from each film, Lady Gaga has the market cornered in House of Gucci because I feel like she was flirtatious, but also like manipulative, Yeah, you know, and like in this very sort of ego driven way, which was very fun to watch. And then if we're going to give the best flirter to someone in St. Laurent, it was... Jacques. Um, Jacques. Yeah, his lover. Because the dude had the smolder. Yeah. Like, and with and like, the mole. Mustache. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the mole and the hair, like, kind of like greasy, but like in a cool way. Whoo, man. Yeah, he he's the winner for sure. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Jacques, the actor who played um, Louis Garel, yeah. I recognize them from uh, Greta Gerwig's Little Women. Have you seen that? Oh, yeah film that came out a few years ago he's the professor that joe falls for spoiler alert instead of picking laurie um yeah just crazy i can't believe that joe ever picks laurie and whether it's christian bale doesn't pick christian bale or 
or Timothy Chalamet, but Chalamet. but Jacques, I, I can know. understand why you go with Jacques over Timothy Absolutely. Chalamet. Oh, yeah. because in, in the Jacques... Winona writer, I'm like, you cannot pick the professor over Christian Bale's Laurie. Um, out of, unreal <laughs> to me. But uh, yeah, you're right. So if we're, Jacques is the flirter that sticks out in Laurent. Yes. That's right. And yes. then um, the only other performer from the movie I recognized was uh, his muse. Uh, I, I always butcher her name. Leah Sado. Right. She's in a lot of films that I've seen. She's, like, uh, she's a big star. The Bond and, movies. and Yes. Yeah. yeah. And she she's also been in uh, Blue. What is it? Blue is a something color. Is the warmest color. Yeah. Blue it's based the off the color. graphic novel. A warmest yes. color, right? Yes. And yep. so, yeah, she's she's definitely a a heavy hitter and i think she did she mm-hmm. didn't she did an all right she did an all right job in this movie yeah they didn't um, give her a lot to do they didn't yeah. give her a lot to do <laughs> yeah which was yeah. a bit yeah. sad but whatever i was gonna ask you because i'm looking at our notes and i do want to i do want to ask you this um since we since we talked about who is the, who is better at flirting um both of these films start out with a big party scene um, that ends up being important to the narrative because it connects it connect like people come together because of these lavish parties. So I want to know uh, who threw the better party. <laughs> Great question. Um, you know, I think in my twenties, I'd say uh, Yves threw a better party. Cause it's just, man, it's, dazzling and it's like a small dance floor um you know i bet they're on really good drugs and i i was really having a fun time viscerally watching all those dance scenes Mm -hmm. uh, and and those party scenes um however in a in my 30s in a post-pandemic world um if i was starting to go back out to the rave scene or dance scene which i you know haven't been able to do since i know october 2019 um i'm going with the house of gucci dancing because they're like you know it's just mature and sophisticated costumed um you know pretty playful innocent type of party to me um so (laughs) yeah that's a cop out i think i think i'm more I'd get more of a dopamine rush and exhilaration from um, yeah, Eve's I would party. agree with that. So I'm going to totally. the and especially the way those part that party scene was shot. I just felt like the partying in Saint Laurent. It felt like you were there. It captured it captured for me the essence of like just bacchanalian, absolute you know party mode, mm-hmm. which I liked. But I did love the kind of like lighted dance floor in in the house of gucci one like that was that was very that where wherever they held that party i was like i want to i want to go back to the you know late 70s early 80s or whatever and live there (laughs) like (laughs) yeah i'm curious hannah so i've never worn anything by gucci Mm -hmm. tom ford or saint Mm -hmm. laurent um whose fashion sense appeals to you most who do you think would that you are most drawn to based on their styles. And and that's a tough one for me. I've also never been um, privileged enough to own a piece from either, but I have seen a lot of their collections. And I would say if I were to buy something, if I were to looking to buy something timeless, 
or something that I feel like could last, you know, a decade, I would go with St. Laurent because I still believe as sort of the progenitor of men's menswear for women, they make a really nice suit. Like they're tailoring impeccable. But in terms of like, if I was going to wear something flashy, which I'm doing much more these days, I think Gucci wins because they have the best patterns. Like some of the Gucci florals that they've put out. Oh man. Like they're just, they're just out there. And I like, I like how loud Gucci can be. Um, but yeah, I don't there. I think their most recent collection wasn't that great. But if we're talking about like maybe last year, I would probably have to go with Gucci, but that's more of, that's more of my current taste. Right. So I want to know, since you said back at the beginning that you're not as you're not super fashion literate. And so you are coming into both of these films with a lot less knowledge and almost like a lot less baggage, I guess. Um, so I want to get your take. Like we just watched two fashion films based on these two films. What's your impression of the fashion world? What did you take away from this? I don't, yeah, that's a really interesting question. I don't know if I have a real takeaway to be honest, except as someone who knows nothing about fashion and can barely put together clothes that match or, (laughs) um, my, and, and wear them myself. I, I think I felt more, I, I got a sense, like you've said already, that St. Laurent had a pushing of the boundaries more. I, I got a sense of this person really changed, like you said, the, I guess the first person to have a run runway. And that was what it seemed to be building up towards by the end of the movie. Like if that was the first person to even think about displaying art or fashion in this glitzy runway type of type of way or type of, then that's incredible, right? And so I, I got the sense St. Laurent had a sense of just pushing the boundary of the envelope and you're saying designing these more um, kind of functional and, and glitzy things for women. Um, and I didn't really get any of that sense from Gucci except, hey, our brand is getting tarnished by bad business people and decision makers. Let's bring in someone to clean it all up and and maybe Tom Ford did kind of revitalize that brand and what it, and maybe that pushed the envelope a lot as well in the fashion world. But um, I, I, for Gucci, I thought like, oh, I'm seeing tons of colors pop and jewelry and and just things that my eyes find aesthetically pleasing. Whereas Saint Laurent's fashion, um, I got the sense was just, you know, more than just colors. It was doing something different with clothes that no one had really done before. Yeah. It was art, right? Like, I feel like that, that was the sense I got from that film is that film. I feel like gave St. Laurent gave us an eye into fashion as art. Fashion is high, high art couture, all of that. And being, being on the bleeding edge of pushing the, the fashion forward. And then, I feel like House of Gucci gave us more of that, like you were saying, the business side. Like, what do we do after we break the boundaries? And that's that's where House of Gucci 
picked up. And so in our third movie about Tom Ford, then we have to think about like, we've done, we've done the boundary breaking. We've done the like business, you know, how do we build a global empire now? Where do we go from here on like, you know, the edge of the new millennium, right? Like that's, that's where Tom Ford film will pick up. (laughs) Yeah. Sounds great. Can't wait to see it. Okay. So Given the title of our show, Paul, which film is better, actually? Mm. Which film is actually better? Great question, Hannah. And so we're going to go through what we've decided together real quick. So, um, oh, and what we we did skip over best score soundtrack, but I think we can both agree that Gucci won that. Oh my God. I feel like, yeah, but it was close. Really? They have George Michael, Blondie, the Eurythmics, Donna Summer, Bowie. I know. Yeah. They, I mean, lots of heavy hitters. And St. Laurent was just playing opera music the whole time, though. I don't know if. <laughs> there were some other good ones. I feel like in the partying scenes, there was some great songs. But yeah, I agree with you that I think House of Gucci was bangers start to finish. So we can give them soundtrack for sure. Okay. So they win the score. Uh, best editing, you and I decided St. Laurent won that one. Best acting, I think we agreed. Jared Leto? I think so, unfortunately. But okay. yes, I think so. <laughs> Yeah. And then best directing, we picked Saint Laurent. Um, yeah, Bonello. Uh, Saint Laurent and uh, Bonello. Uh-huh. Uh, cinematography and costumes, I think we picked Gucci. Gucci, yep. Mm-hmm. Who threw a better party? We both agreed on Laurent. Laurent, yep. Oh, see, this is this is tough. I, I, I'm going to make you a little uncomfortable here. The one thing that we didn't talk about was <laughs> who did portraying sexual who portrayed sexuality better so on the one hand in gucci we had that bizarre love making scene between adam driver and lady gaga where with the opera just blasting in the background as they just go at it like (laughs) primal animals i have seen a lot of movies and i have never been more uncomfortable in a sex scene that. And I have seen Funeral Parade of Roses, which you should watch sometime, which is a Japanese film, which I would say has some of the more uncomfortable sex scenes I've ever seen. And um, this was worse. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we got that in one corner and against it, you know, St. Laurent didn't actually show us any sex. It just showed us, you know, the only time I feel like we saw f- female nudity was in clothing designs Mm -hmm. and then otherwise we saw tons of you know male nudity full frontal male nudity and i maybe that's a french thing because i appreciated the unrestrained choices around just this is a film about yves saint laurent we're gonna show a lot of dong right exactly well yeah and i think i really did appreciate that like that felt like a very, a very, it's, it was like a very queer film and it didn't feel voyeuristic. It didn't feel, sen- it could have easily been like very sensationalized, but I, I got the fact, I got the sense that they were doing, a, they were trying really hard to portray all of the situations in, in as much sort of reality as was possible. And I liked that. So I think, 
And also, man, Lady Gaga and Adam Driver just had no chemistry, like zero. That's a really good point. No chemistry at all. Whereas I believed that um, that the two actors, like Saint Laurent and Jacques, like I believed it. You know, I was like, these people have chemistry. So to sum up, for best costumes, we gave it to Gucci. Best editing and directing, we said Saint Laurent. For best actor, we said Jared Leto and Gucci. Who threw the better party, we said Saint Laurent. The more thirsty and try-hard flirter went to Lady Gaga. Better depictions of sex and sexuality went to Laurent. And finally, who had the better soundtrack barely went to Gucci, which means the final tally ended in a tie, 4-4. to So before you make your decision, uh, Rotten Tomatoes, as we know, the most definitive source of quality, uh, dictating quality and uh, value, uh, they ranked House of Gucci at 60% and St. Laurent at 62%. So a whole two percentage points. It's a really close call. Um, it is yeah. so close. Yeah. So going back to your question, oh, which is better actually? Yeah, I'm going to cop out. For me, it's a tie. Go ahead. Uh, if you're okay. again, like you said, if it's art, <laughs> yeah, Saint Laurent's better actually. But if you ask me, what am I going to rewatch and what am I going to remember having yeah. more fun at? For the rest of my life, yeah. it is House of Gucci mm-hmm. hands down. Um, yes, right. But yeah. but be, so better. I better actually Saint Laurent. Enjoyable, actually House of Gucci. House. That's for Gucci. me personally. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Yeah, I would say if we're if we're going like film school on this, better actually is Saint Laurent hands down, far and away. You you can't see it. Those two percentage points are huge. But yeah, in terms of something I would watch again with a group of people and like popcorn and beers, absolutely House of Gucci. <laughs> like that, I feel like that is one of those, it's going to become one of those cult classics, like how did this get made movies that we will we will have forever and we'll look back on as, as just the ridiculous, the absurdity of the early 2020s. That is 100% House of Gucci. Hannah, this has been so much fun, and I can't wait to break down future films uh, in in future episodes together. Absolutely. This is is great. I'm so glad we're doing this. So, yeah, stay tuned for the next head-to-head matchup of Better Actually, where we compare. I don't know if we ever said this. Where we compare two films (laughs) and decide which one is better. Perfect. Uh, it was so good seeing you today, Hannah. Yeah, good to see you too. Yeah, I'm so glad. I'm so glad we could do this. This is great.